Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Blender Show. I'm Dacia. And I'm Daisy. Now, today we are talking about how to write your mission and vision statements and the importance of purpose driven brands. Now, I think this is a really, really fun topic. Number one, we are a purpose driven brand, and so obviously very passionate about this. But what the data has revealed in the last several years, especially since the pandemic, is that being good is actually good for business. And so that trend was already coming, but I love now that you have so much data that shows that purpose-driven brands, true purpose-driven brands, actually outperform all others, and not by a little bit, by a lot. So building this structure into your organization is huge. And we do a lot of this. We do. And it's funny because 10 years ago, when I had conversations with B2B companies about having a vision and having a mission statement, I got blank stares. The, the idea was that's just for nonprofits. That's warm, fuzzy stuff. We don't do emotions here. Yeah. Yeah. We just we care about the bottom line. Well, guess what? <laughs> that actually does have an impact on the bottom line. So having a, a reason behind what you're doing and something that people can rally around is actually very important. Well, and I think that's the key too, is I, I always worry that companies position culture as a silo, <laughs> you know, just like they position brand and marketing as its own silo, when actually both should be perfectly aligned and they cover the full spectrum of everything you do. So from a branding position, having a visual representation of who you are and what you stand for, absolutely what you said gives people something to rally behind. So you guys, one of the things about this video is we have a blog that actually has been visited by hundreds of thousands of people over the several last several years. And so you're going to get a super deep dive if you click on that link in the show notes onto exactly the process that we recommend, really how to go through this process. So we're not going to cover every single detail because there's so much, but we are going to hit on a few of the highlights and give you kind of some cautionary tales about how to really make sure that if you decide to do it yourself and try to build your mission and vision state internally, what to look out for, and some best practices to follow. So first place I want to start is where we always start with our clients, and that's you need to clarify your core values. Now, for me, there's two reasons we do this. Number one, it's easier to talk core values than it is to write a vision statement. And so take the easy bites first and then build one upon each other. But for you, you know, why do you like to start with core values? I love starting with core values because people get to learn about who they really are, especially when you're working with teams. Often they've never actually sat down and had a truthful and impactful conversation about what they really care about, what they believe in so strongly that they act on it every day. So they're getting to know each other better. They're getting to know themselves better as a brand. And you would be surprised how infrequently we have conflict or disagreement about what the core values are within an organization. Most of the clients we work with are amazing companies and they have values that they live by, but they've never named them. So starting with naming what you believe in and what you act on is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have different processes 
to follow. Um, one of the things you guys should know is that we will have a resource that has a very lengthy list of core values. Sometimes people need a place to start, so you can find those in the show notes as well. Um, but you know, you talked about naming. So two points I want to make really quickly. Number one for leadership teams, this can't be aspirational. Like it has to be true about who you are. It's fine to identify the things that you want to become, but those are not your core values currently. That's just a hope. But the other thing about naming is there are some slippery places where there are certain words that just have lost all of their meaning because of the world we live in. So Talk to us a little bit about like the words that are on your no-go list. Like it doesn't matter how true it is for a company. We never, ever allow them to use these words as core values. Whenever we go through our brand attributes exercise to identify the characteristics of a brand and its core values, there are words that we don't allow clients to use. We call these the buzzwords of doom and they sound like integrity and quality and customer service because guess what? Everybody says that. Your competitors say that. People hear that all day, every day. They don't believe it, and they don't care about it anymore. So the fact is, if you have a brand that is acting on one of those core values, you need to find a different way to describe it. You need to get at it from a different angle, because if you use the same words that everyone else is using and make the same promises that everyone else is using, it's not going to have an impact. Absolutely. Now, one other thing I just want to like bring everybody in on is... This ad is brought to you by The Marketing Blender. As you guys know, I'm a fractional CMO, and actually at The Marketing Blender, there's a whole team of us. For a fraction of the cost of a full-time executive, you can hire a chief marketing officer to write your marketing plan, to clean up your messaging and your positioning, and to drive sustainable results. We oversee multiple partners, we help mentor team members, and most importantly, we build a marketing machine that will drive results for your company for years to come. If you're curious about what this looks like, and some of our engagements go from a couple months to a couple years, check out themarketingblender.com. We don't really believe there's a perfect way to structure your core values, meaning some of our clients have just words and then they might have behaviors, you know, or different things that they distribute to um, teach people about their culture, but single words. Others have phrases and others have full sentences. And so for me, when I'm guiding this, I'm not trying to restrict my clients or myself around this is the exact way you do things. It's more follow what's appropriate, follow their natural tendency to understand things, and then put the naming structure in place that actually is going to be sticky and authentic to them. Um, Agree, disagree, or do you have certain favorites that you lean towards? As long as they're avoiding the buzzwords of doom, and they can tell me a real-life story of how they act on each of their values, we're good to go. Yeah. For example, like I said, integrity is not one they're allowed to use. But if they told me that integrity is a core value, I want them to tell me a story of a time, a real lifetime, that they acted with integrity and how it impacted a customer. If they can't tell me that, it may be a core value that they have in their life, but it's not one they're expressing in their business in a meaningful way. And for it to be a core value that they're using in their branding, their marketing, their messaging, that they're putting out there as a core piece of what their company is, they have to be able to back it up with real life anecdotes. Agreed. And it's always so interesting to see 
the stories, how they give nuance and maybe even shift you a little bit off of a buzzword. So yes. I worked with a construction company one time and they, they were, one of theirs was detail oriented. Well, we hear that a lot. And also I think, okay, but detail oriented can mean a lot to different people. What does that mean? So you're exactly right. We ask what stories and all the stories were about cleanliness because there was a lot of walkthroughs on their job sites. You know, there was just a lot of organization, but it distilled down into stories about cleanliness. Now, that is a very interesting change, twist to detail orientation, because are they twin sisters? Absolutely. But cleanliness was actually both a benefit to their clients, a benefit to their stakeholders, a benefit to their team members in efficiency. And it was so much more specific, but it was the stories that brought that out. And it was something I could not have possibly guessed without them talking. And once that was named, you could see everybody getting really excited. And you're like, oh yeah, that's a real core value when people start being like, yeah, that's right. That is who we are. Whereas detail oriented was just a little off center from what was actually true about them. So I love your example about bringing up stories. It is. And in that specific instance, detail-oriented is a very intellectual word. Cleanliness, we have a lot of emotional reaction to that word because it just on an emotional level, on a tactile level, that has a lot more triggers in the human body. Yeah. And it is easier to ask people to come on that journey and to adopt that philosophy than detail-oriented. So absolutely. Okay. So moving on, if we're looking at mission and vision statements, let's start out with the definition of mission and vision statements. So you guys, I bring this up, not because we are semantic hounds and, you know, we're trying to use all sorts of marketing jargon, but it's because this is one of the major places that people go wrong. So starting with a vision statement, a vision statement is if everything went right, how did you change the world? What dent did you make in the universe? And they often start with phrases like, we envision or we see a future filled with, and then you go from there. They, sub they should be so big that it is insanely unlikely that that will ever actually happen in your team's lifetime, but they should also be so inspiring that people want to pursue that anyways. So vision statements are really, really difficult for a lot of companies because it's hard. We get so oriented and anchored towards goals that it is very difficult to come up with a statement that's actually not an achievable goal. Whenever I'm talking with clients about a vision statement, usually they start really small. And we have to ask them to go bigger and go bigger. More emotion. How do people feel in the world that you're creating? One of the most common challenges that I see people facing with their vision statements is they choose something that's internal and only matters either just to their company or just to the executives in their company. So a vision statement that starts with, we aim to grow our sales by XYZ in the next quarter. That is not a vision. The idea that our vision is to be the most well-recognized and respected brand, 
that doesn't matter to people outside your organization. That's a vision that's just self-focused. So you need to make sure your vision is something that people outside your organization can care about and get on board with, whether that's your customers, whether that's your ecosystem of partners, whether it's your vendors, whether it's influencers in your field. You need to be saying something that matters to someone other than you. Yeah. Like vision statements are coming from a heart standpoint. They are extremely emotionally tied. So I think that's the thing. And you know, it's interesting. I love those examples that you just brought up because I want to point out to people that these are BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. It's okay to have a goal that's like, we want to be the largest company in the world. We want to be the premier company in the world. We want to be the best, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. It's not that you're doing something wrong. You know, it's just that where that lives is not in your vision statement because the role and the goal of these types of structures are very, very different. Vision statements are meant to inspire, instill a culture, and attract values-aligned talent. BHAGs are meant to move your company forward and clarify a definitive goal in the future for what is possible. And so they just function differently. So let's go ahead and move into mission statements. So Daisy, how do you define a mission statement? A mission statement is the actions that your organization uniquely takes to fulfill your vision every day. Yeah, absolutely. So they get really, really practical. So how do you guide people through that process of something so big, they are unlikely to ever achieve it to baby steps towards that brighter, um, brighter, audacious future. When I'm working with organizations around how to align their mission statement with their vision statement, I usually start by looking in two places. Number one, I'm going to look at their core values because that's telling me how they're behaving in order to help bring about their vision for a brighter future. And the second place I'm going to look is their unique selling proposition. So what makes them different in their market? So how are they uniquely able to fulfill their vision in a way that no one else can? And this is how you end up with a mission statement that's not something any other organization could say. So when you have a unique mission statement, this is something that your team can be proud of and get on board with and be committed to acting on each day. Yeah, absolutely. And tip for you guys, we have tons of examples. And so instead of running through those on the show, definitely take a peek at that blog because we want you to see how the structures are different and how to align these definitions. Now, one other small tip for you guys is not every company has both a vision and a mission. It's okay. It's okay. You need to capture the ones that help you define what you stand for and define your culture and help external stakeholders or prospective customers really understand the heartbeat behind your company. But if you only have a vision statement or only have a mission statement, that's okay. Now, the one other little ringer that I want to throw in here is sometimes a company has a purpose statement and that's okay too, right? So let's say the purpose statement is a little softer or it's a combination of a mission and vision and they only have a purpose statement. I just never want to handcuff clients into, you have to have these exact sentences to be a successful company. No, you need to capture what you stand for, but 
how you decide to communicate that to your team, there is a little bit of flexibility. So do you have any nuances when you're writing or when it, it's not really writing even, it's when a purpose statement shows up either in place of a mission and or vision statement or where you decide to add one? Once in a while, I'll work with an organization that may or may not have a mission and a vision statement, but there's something else that they're trying to get to, and it's their purpose. And sometimes the purpose statement is actually something that's internal to their organization. So they'll have a vision that's about the grand scale of things, what everyone outside their organization should understand about the way they want to change the world. There's the mission statement, and this is how they communicate about their values and the unique way that they go about fulfilling their vision. But sometimes there are additional things that are very personal to the culture of an organization. And sometimes it's faith-based organizations that serve everyone. So that's not necessarily the thing they're wanting to go out there and evangelize about in order for people to buy into the brand values. But they have a very specific point of view within their organization that they need to make sure that they're communicating well and that everyone is excited about and inspired by on a personal level. So I'll often see a purpose statement being an internal driver for an organization while the mission and vision are for external communication. Completely, completely agree. And again, not everyone has to have all of these, but they do have very unique applications in order to help a company scale and accelerate that heartbeat and that meaning behind everything they do day to day. So let's go ahead and dive into some either best practices or common mistakes that we see when clients are actually trying to capture these and find the real words that bring everything to life. I almost always see organizations give me a mission statement when I ask for a vision statement. Mm, yeah. they, they do not get that there's a difference between the desired end state and the actions. And it's beautiful to me that everyone is so focused on, hey, we're going to get out there, we're going to do something. We're acting on this, we're doing this, we're moving things forward. It's amazing to have that mission focus. But if you don't know where you're aiming how will you know you're headed in the right direction? Yeah. So it's very, very common for me to see people confuse their mission statement and their vision statement. Yeah. We already mentioned the buzzwords of doom, and we also already mentioned accidentally swapping a goal or a standard of behavior to be the best customer service focused organization, <laughs> you know, delivering value to customers, obviously said every company on the planet. So we already talked about swapping excellence or goals in place of these one of the nuances for me, once those are cleared up, is around exciting verbs. <laughs> so this is going to make me sound like a grammar school teacher at this point. But earlier, Daisy was talking about moving into the naming and avoiding the buzzwords of doom. Well, when you start writing your statements, write them. But then look at the structure of your sentence and the verbs are oftentimes where you can really actually capture heart. You just have to be thoughtful. Words are important. And the more distillation that you can create, the more power you can pour into each individual word, the more impactful and the more clarity that they will provide to you and to your team. So I love the thesaurus. I am such a word nerd. It's ridiculous. But, you know, moving from words, um, you know, like that we use every single day, like accomplish or progress or drive to words that are so much more emotional and just 
thinking off the top of my head. I mean, even just going up the scale around encouraging or not, or, you know, keeping promises, not breaking promises was one that you, you know, you had developed for people, but just finding bolder expressions is really, really powerful. And I think in this super busy soundbite culture, we've forgotten the full dictionary of options that we have at our for sure. And to take that into the adjective category, if someone wants to talk about the difference they're making, here's just a really quick example, because you can hear and feel the difference. Do you want to make a drastic difference, a dramatic difference, or a profound difference? Yes. Yes, exactly. And those are so much fun to explore. And even conversations around specific words can be powerful. I mean, that revision process with a mission statement, when you represent it to a client, and then client says, well, we don't love this word. And then you go, okay, what are you going to change it to? And we start talking about the nuance and the outcomes that can change depending on how they change each word. Very, very exciting because then that second level of making sure the words are accurate, I really feel like cements the true meaning and the true intention behind you know where what we're trying to accomplish with these clients. In the end, what you want is a mission and a vision statement that you actually can put on the walls of your office and people go, that's right. That's what I believe in. That's what I'm showing up for each day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys, as we mentioned, we have a very long, very popular resource on this topic. So definitely encourage you to check that out. We'll have numerous resources down there in the show notes, but that one blog post has all of those contained in it as well. So We'd look forward to hearing your mission and vision statement. Share it with the world. After all, that's what they are there for. So post those in the comments. And as always, we love and thank you so much for your subscribes. So click that button if you haven't already, and we will see you next week on Word and Upward. We hope you learned something today that will help you succeed with your marketing. And if you liked what you heard, definitely give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. Don't forget to check the show notes. We're sharing free tools and resources there. And you guys, we would love to hear your comments. So drop one in or send us an email and maybe we'll use your topic on a future show.